0: The tabletop
1: takeaway, game mechanics on display, three designers
2: share the stage, pick a genre and we'll play, the tabletop takeaway. Welcome back to our bonus episode on tactical combat.
0: Yeah. So I'm Charlie McCarran.
2: I'm Trevor muller Hegel.
1: I'm Ananda Gunaratna. And
0: this is the tabletop takeaway, where we are three game designers, and each um, episode we talk about a different uh, game that we've played and how we can learn from it as designers. And in this special episode, we're going to have kind of an overview of tactical combat games and what we might do with them as designers. Now that we've yeah. got a series of three games we've played, yeah, we played chess, Mage Wars.
2: And Gloomhaven, Jaws of the
0: Lion. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, what, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on tactical combat? So
2: I
1: love them. I, I, I also like them a lot. Actually, I think they've, um, in some ways, they, they have, I, I don't know if I'd say negatively impacted me, but I feel <laughs> like a lot of my design ideas. At least for some period of time, maybe not so much anymore, but a lot of my design ideas used to tend toward
2: tactical combat. Absolutely. And it was, it was
1: hard for me to envision other types of games.
2: What do you mean you just want to get a... res? A what? No. You want to attack something. <laughs> you want to move on a grid. What are you doing?
0: Yeah. 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 And so maybe I'm in the minority here that I, I'm I'll, not as big of a fan of tactical combat games. Except when you guys mention that, well, chess counts. Yeah, Yeah, that that Um, seems like the big
1: exception for you. Yeah,
0: and I actually really enjoy Gloomhaven, and I did enjoy playing uh, Mage Wars, which I hadn't tried before. So
2: So maybe he actually does like them, but he had a bad experience with some. Yeah, maybe you haven't been playing the right ones. I haven't
0: been playing the right ones, I think. (laughs) Because, well, from a design standpoint, um, something I've mentioned in these past episodes that's less appealing to me about tactical combat games is... um, where you have a big grid and maybe one character that you're controlling right. and moving around and then you obviously have to go kill the other person or enemy or whatever it is. Sure, sure. And then so you move sort of arbitrarily to get there. Right. You do an attack. It's a, oh, I'm I'm better melee fighter, so I better get right up at them. And then do some damage, and they don't die yet. And then, Which, I yeah. mean, interesting, because as
1: we discussed, this may be a result of poor spatial abstractions and low-impact uh, combat actions, ah. um, which <laughs> are so. solved uh, to some extent by mechanics in Mage Wars and Chess, yeah. respectively.
0: I feel like this is a game design doctor session where we can take <laughs> these games. All right, was... tactical games. <laughs> yeah. Let's figure this out. That was probably one of our... Uh, podcast name ideas at some point but um yeah so why though is gloomhaven more appealing to me uh, is it because it's co-op is it because of the growth no because actually you usually don't like co-op tactical combat games even oh. less than others but, but it's the meta progression then like trevor says meta progression i think that's part of it and the card play to me oh is the, fun the dynamic card
1: play interesting uh puzzle mm-hmm. yeah
0: the that's what it is. I think I love puzzly games, and a lot of the very thematic one, games, it's like they have... And maybe this is a uh, side effect that I've played a lot of IP-based ones. Oh, it's like, sure, sure. Well, we have these characters, right. so we have to do these things with them, and the missions are going to be like this, like Batman. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you're going to go around Gotham, the streets of yeah. Gotham. And, right. Yeah.
2: God, I'd love to play... yeah
0: you're you're the target market maybe Uh, yeah i guess so yeah well what um yeah what other thoughts you guys have on well the genre we have learned a lot
1: yeah i think i mean we we talked a bit about diminishing resources um which are sort of it's like in chess it's you lose pieces right and this is okay because as as we talked about your moves are actually blocked by your own pieces so losing pieces means you have more options for movement mm-hmm. um it's that context changing uh, that that means that even though you have fewer resources available the resources meaning changes later in the game and so it's it's more interesting even though you're, you're technically getting weaker
2: Right, which uh, was true across the board, kind of, except for I would maybe say Mage Wars was not quite that way. Yeah, in,
1: in Mage Wars, you you do put out resources, so you do mm-hmm. get stronger. You have a ramp
2: up over the whole session.
1: Yeah, so that that one isn't. I mean, obviously, you also lose things, but, right? But um, in
2: exchange for longer term or short term power.
1: Right. 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 And the the victory condition in Mage Wars, um, which is you know you have to get the other enemy Mage to yeah, zero you take health. Take the king. Yep. Ha- having having low health in Mage Wars doesn't impact you in any way you can screw right. the same amount whereas in like chess well okay I guess technically chess the objective is to kill the king so maybe that's not a good way of phrasing it but um
0: uh, yeah okay maybe yeah n- n- never mind scratch that um, <laughs> sure well one thing we ha- haven't talked too much about is the randomness of these games of like oh, yeah, output randomness input randomness we went- mentioned that in an episode um <clears throat> Output randomness being, you do the action and then you randomize with usually with dice yep. Or to in see Gloom what's going to Yeah, or with cards in yep. Gloomhaven, you're flipping the cards, and I think uh, a lot of people, designers, kind of frown upon like, oh, it's like just output randomness. You're chucking dice and right, um, yeah. But I will say I have learned over the uh, especially teaching game design. Um, there's something really magical about the output randomness, and I can watch in my room of uh, students playtesting their games, and I can instantly tell which ones are the output randomness ones because everyone is laughing or yelling. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh absolutely. And so there's something to be said for that, I think, in these games, having that fun moment of like, okay, I'm going to try for the attack.
2: Yeah. Right. Well, <clears throat> D-, D and D is that at its core, right? Like mm-hmm. you roll a D twenty to attack. You roll a D twenty to a try something. If it's a one, oh my god, you critically failed. Uh, you fall on your face. You know. Yeah, it's a whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly, Mage Wars, the the way the dice feel when you roll them, and then you see how much damage they do that that feels really
0: good. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that works really well. Yeah, and even Gloomhaven. Even though you know they're just not very exciting cards, usually mm-hmm. it's plus one, minus one, plus two, but every once in a while you get the times two yeah. to your whole attack, or the oh, times yeah. zero. <laughs> yeah, the miss. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I think building those into your game—that's that's one takeaway for me uh, of these games as a whole. Yeah,
2: having um, a measured it, output randomness in a way. Or, well, or actually, is, I was going to say yeah.
0: even more, uh, like, swingy. Oh, more swingy. For fun.
2: Oh, it's, well, it's okay to be swingy.
0: Yeah, for for the fun of it. For the fun of it. Yep. Especially in a game... Well, like... Well, chess has no uh, output randomness. Or input. Elements, yeah. it's, it's all... Unless you count your opponent's moves, which... But... A- anyways. Uh, I, chess has the ups and downs of, like... Wow, you just took my piece i wasn't even seeing that whereas um these other ones where you're rolling dice it's like it's less exciting if you're knocking them down by one health or right time true so maybe just make it more swingy too
1: yeah <clears throat> yeah definitely um it, a, a problem that i often see is that you know people have these games where it's very incremental um, and we talked about a bit with you know chess is insta kill right, mm-hmm. um, which makes every action extremely impactful um, versus the the typical game where you're just chipping away at health. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're too incremental, it it just it does make the game less interesting. It, it's yeah. more of a drag.
0: Whenever I see a plus one on a prototype card, or like you know oh this adds one to my strength or something like that
1: it it depends what your strength is
0: beforehand it does it does it It, it depends sometimes that can be really exciting but yeah um, i shy away from playing those prototypes when i see that
1: (laughs) i i mean i i think the the really big one is like percentages in in video games Mm -hmm. i mean in video games of course you can do any percent you want because the computer will calculate it for you but um when i see like oh 10 to this stat i mean sometimes that's a big deal but it doesn't feel like a big deal at any point. Like I just, I don't care about a ten percent buff. It's yeah. not I, I'm for not three go-
2: turns. Great, and then it fades. <laughs> yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's you. You see it everywhere, though.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for um, sure.
1: Because it's like an easy way to tell the player, okay, we're going to reward you, but we're not actually going to reward
2: you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Temporary, not that yeah. great, but you'll feel kind of nice for a second.
0: So I've been ripping on uh, tactical combat games here, but what do you, what do you guys think though? Uh, are some of the really nice features of them?
1: They're super interactive. Oh yeah, you have that yep. just built in, um, and it's like it, it's it's the one place it, it's it's one place where you can attack other players. Like you can have sort of you can't even really call it take that, um, right? Because they're, they're usually two player mm-hmm. and. It's just completely expected. No one feels bad about you, like, destroying their stuff, forcing that's, them to skip a turn.
2: That's the game. Like, yeah. you you
1: can, you can literally make people skip turns in tactical... I mean, you don't want to do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, in, in any other genre, I would say no, never have a skip a turn mechanic. And, I mean, don't do it too much in tactical combat. But, like, if you stun your opponent... Right. Mm-hmm. That's a thing you can do. And th- th- there's not going to be that many hard feelings about it. Because... Yeah. You're fighting each other. That's you know what in you a two-player game. In a two-player game, two yes. Player. So absolutely, yeah, in a two-player player game, game. four-player game. Yes. No. Now you've no, no, that no. Yeah, trailing. do not, do not do that in a three. Now player Now you're trailing. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. That's only something you can do in a two-player game.
2: But not that, chess.
0: That does. We we didn't play. So the only multiplayer game we featured in this series is a co-op Gloomhaven. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on. Like I, if if you can make a tactical combat game work with multiplayer, yeah, like what my, are ways to do that? Well, like,
1: okay, I guess my my hot take is don't play multiplayer <laughs> tactical combat games unless they're co-op. But if if you absolutely have to um and and I, I assume when you say multiplayer you're not talking about like a team no. game, right?
0: Oh, teams are team battles are fun though too. Yeah, Te- so. yeah,
1: team battles are fun. That's that's how that's how I would play multiplayer tactical combat. Um, I want there to always be two sides because I really don't like free-for-alls. But you could have something like attack left, um, so each per player tries to attack the, tries to kill the player on their left. It can be slightly awkward sometimes. Um, I, I think actually sp- Spelling Brawl did that. Um, that was a, a tactical combat word search game I made um, where each player is trying to knock the player to their left out of the ring in a multiplayer game. Oh, interesting. Mm. Um, and that that, that actually cool. worked decently well. Um,
0: so I think everyone has a different target, right? Yes. uh, What was that assassin game that people played on campuses? Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to assassinate one person. They have to assassinate another person. Yeah. uh, I like that.
1: Yeah. Attack left is nice. Um, it can have some weird dynamics because of course there are times when you want to protect one of even possibly, well, there are times when you want to protect the player who's trying to, to kill you um because (laughs) so
0: they don't so the other player doesn't win
1: right exactly so there are there are some weird interactions but overall i prefer that to free-for-alls yeah i do not think free-for-alls are a good idea in tactical combat interesting
0: yeah Well, and i think that interaction is very interesting of like oh i need to save this person so that yeah even though they're trying to kill me yep i've i don't know if i mentioned it to you guys but i i just played classic recently again And I love the Mm. uh, scoring mechanic of that, how um, you have a set number of lives, five lives, each person. And um, the game ends when someone dies. And when someone dies, the person who has the most lives left wins. So you have, like, kind of organic teams forming when, like, everyone, say two of us are low on health and maybe Ananda has five lives left. And we're like, Trevor and I are like, okay, we got to kill Ananda or yeah. else, you know. And then if there's four players, now suddenly the two people who are, who both have five lives could win together if they kill one of us. So now it's two oh. on two. So Okay, yeah. that's
1: interesting. Yeah, being able to share victory like that <laughs> definitely changes the the calculations there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. That's
0: neat. So... Um. Yeah, I guess. Let's talk about our. What would we do uh, now with our knowledge of tactical combat games in our so, next designs? I. I mean, I think. Uh, so, ha- having tried my hand at a bunch of different
1: tactical combat games, I think. Oh yeah, one move per turn, high impact attack game, sort of like chess. Maybe insta kill. Maybe some other high impact. Um. And, and I mean spelling brawl was tactical combat but in spelling brawl you only had one guy on the board um so saying it's one move a turn is a little misleading um playing uh, d- uh the Ratchet's den makes me really want to try another game where you have a lot of guys on the map um you know a lot of a lot of fighters but you can only move one at a time and each move is very highly impactful mm-hmm. um, because I think there's a lot of potential there
0: mm-hmm
2: uh, I really kind of fell in love with Mage Wars, like, Spatial Abstraction, the cards as units, like, I think I've talked about it in three of the episodes now. And I really think it could solve a lot of problems I have with a lot of normal RPGs and things like that, where you can't track all the things that they say is happening to the character. It's like, oh, they have Bless, they have this, they have that. And it's like, well, I, I, do I write it down? Do I give myself a card? Like, and then that's in front of me and not on the board. Like, being able to put the effects on a card on the board so you see it there, all the information's present, like, that is so clean. Uh, it does make things a little muddled if you have a ton of cards out there, but, like, I don't know.
1: Well, that's where you have the spatial abstraction. You just have really right. big zones.
2: Yeah. 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 And I thought for when when Ananda whipped out the board for it, I'm like, that's huge. Like, how on earth and it, it works great? Mm-hmm. You know, three by four grid, and you just have zones. Um but yeah, I really, I really want to try that. Maybe I just want to play more Mage Wars too, just to get a, hey, a better Hey, yeah, sure. I'm,
1: I'm willing to play
2: like that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool idea. Uh, and I think combining that with more of an RPG feel would be cool too, where you have a character card that maybe even it's a legacy kind of thing where you can mark the card and change your stats on the card. And mm-hmm. then that's out in play. And so you have all of your stats in play and it's just there. It's like probably make it a lot easier to approach it. And then you're not trying to look at a character sheet that's two pages long. That'd be really cool.
0: Yeah. Maybe you could have, like, some story elements on the back side right. of the card. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Because in that kind of format with Mage Wars, it doesn't really matter what the back is necessarily. Right. Yeah. Well,
2: sometimes maybe, but yeah. Well, and it's not like it has to be kept a secret because your RPGs are played collaboratively. And so you can use both sides. You're not trying to, like, oh, it's yeah. part of a deck, so... Yeah. yeah, you just have one side be for combat, one side be for not combat, and then yeah. those are the stats you need. Like, I like that just it. sounds so nice. Mm-hmm. I want to try it, but we'll we'll see what I can do.
0: Yeah, and I think for me, uh, something I would like to try more, um, kind of inspired by chess, is this hierarchy of pieces. Like, say, bring that into a tactical combat game that's maybe like um thematic where you know you have maybe your big boss character that's like the queen super powerful um but you really have got to save them Mm -hmm. and little pawns around and because i i do think that's one thing that would be cooler to see in more tactical combat games where you get to control a lot more figures like you were saying ananda Mm -hmm. um but having that disparity between oh this one's just really good and I guess there's a lot of games that do that, like, um, like he, the HeroScape, uh, where you can draft. the hero and, versus yeah. the yeah. squad. Yeah, But like, about. yeah. But maybe dr- more dramatically different, like how they move and interact, possibly collect
2: resources. Yeah.
0: And the other thing I I would like to try more too is like making a co op tactical combat game where it's not so much that players can quarterback uh, right right through some other like unique mechanic made with hidden cards that yeah or just make it really complicated right
2: (laughs) yeah Charlie making a really complicated game oh no oh yeah yeah
0: (laughs) I I don't like making complicated games but (laughs) it works for Spirit Island yeah which will will no well, yeah maybe we can talk about oh, that soon spoilers. I don't know yeah alert yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool um, what what other thoughts um, any final thoughts on tactical combat games
2: you know it's it's hard i've I've been a fan of like tactical RPGs since I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy tactics or tactics ogre came out which if anyone knows what those are uh, tactics ogre I think came out for the PS1. Um, back, you know, 90-something, seven, maybe. Uh, and I loved that game. I loved having units that could improve over time and being able to guide them on that path and, and growth. And I do want to see, like, somehow more of that in these tactical games. But I don't know how you could, like, I don't know, join the two of the tabletop world and the, and the virtual world. I know Descent, the third edition I've been playing, uh, they have a very strong app component to it that does percentage calculations, and so like you could have a sword that does fifteen percent chance to cause infect, mm. but it just handles it in the background and you just say I attack with my sword, like great, you did it, it's yeah. infected. Oh, cool, great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't yeah. know, I don't know. I really like I really like that world, and I really want to see some of that come in, but not to the point of it being too much work on the player's part either. Mm because mm-hmm. that's the that's the challenging part yeah i don't know answers your question well,
0: oh yeah <laughs> well it's it's making me think of um kingdom death monster oh my god! oh man i which is i would say uh one of my less uh least I, favorite <laughs> tactical combat games
2: uh, yeah. and gave it thumbs down just now I, just so you no. all know i actually I, I
0: wanted to like the game because i like the theme of um you know you're upgrading your character with all yeah. these things and it's really brutally like you t- see how far you can get and you'll sure. die and have to restart but <laughs> um there's just now there's a complicated game that's on the ai side like every single ai card you draw takes about five minutes to process what's on Oof. how you handle that this, is, this that beast. is a little
2: and, and for some players, it's great, yeah. you know? And, like, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that kind of challenging, diverse AI that, mm-hmm. you know, can be really dynamic, you know?
0: And I think it goes into something else I wanted to bring up of proficiency in a game. Oh, it's, yes. It's like a lot of people play these kind of games to get better and better. Like, I'm obsessed with playing chess because I want to keep improving my score. Right. I mean, yeah. And
1: think that's a, a big reason of why people play games in general uh, feeling better feels really good yeah or getting getting better feels really good
0: that's true well, I but think... a, of any genre though do you th- i feel like this M-
1: many many genres i mean yeah. there there are maybe a couple exceptions but in general um yeah the the pursuit of mastery is a big um part of why people love games mm-hmm um above other art forms
2: well especially like when we're looking back to the 80s 90s with you know not being able to save your game for one you have to master every level of the game in order to not die in order to get to the end uh looking at you lion king um <laughs> which i beat apparently as a 10 year old or a nine year old and i don't know how i did it wow um but I, yeah <laughs> it's it's a fascinating thing and then now we have these games that Kind of give you the feeling of mastery for I'm looking at the video game specifically because that's, since that's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking of. Um, they give you that feeling of mastery because your character can do really cool things.
1: Oh they, they cheat. Nowadays. but they,
2: yeah, they, they, you don't have to be good at it to make your character look like they're doing really cool stuff. Well,
1: I, I mean this is um, this is a very clever thing actually that they do in a lot of video games nowadays. Um, for, for more reasons I'm sure than just the pursuit of mastery, but, uh, it's especially common in the roguelite genre, Mm, um, roguelite games being uh, a lot like roguelike games, but you also unlock things between runs. Right. So like, you know, you, you do a run and then you get some sort of currency that you spend on upgrading your character. So now your character is just objectively stronger. Right. You're not more skilled as a player. I mean, maybe you're more skilled as a player, but. Your character is better able to handle the challenges and you keep doing that until you eventually beat the game because you've unlocked so many upgrades that...
2: You could still be bad at it and you could still win.
1: Right, Mm -hmm. Um, which guarantees progression even if the player's not learning that much. But I I think, more importantly, the cool thing about that uh, is that um, it means the game is, to some extent, Mm auto-balancing, especially when you add in features that make it more difficult. Sure. Like... um, Slay the Spire, for example, introduced the whole idea. Well, maybe, I don't know if it introduced it, but that's the one I, I associate most with ascension mechanics. Oh, sure. Where um, you beat the game on ascension level, whatever, four or whatever, and then you unlock five. And so you automatically ratchet up to five, which makes it more difficult. Mm. Now, Slay the Spire is um, roguelike in the sense that you don't get permanent upgrades between runs. Right. But, like, if you look at, for example, the last spell, the last spell has both um, roguelite upgrades between runs and also um, ascension mechanics where when you beat it on one difficulty, now you can challenge it on a higher difficulty. And because you have these two things, um, the game automatically balances its difficulty to the player because um, you, you can play a bunch of times and unlock uh, bonuses that make you stronger and then you can also beat the game a bunch of times and unlock new ascension levels that make it harder. And so players will um, arrive at different levels, you know, depending on their skill level. But the, the sort of back and forth between these two <coughs> counterbalancing forces means that the, the game will ultimately be balanced just right for the player and the devs don't need to even spend that. I mean, I'm sure they spend plenty of time on balance, but they don't need to balance it perfectly. It just balances itself. Which is very sure. cool.
2: That's nice. Mm-hmm. I've only could do board games that way. Man. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well I mean Bloomhaven is like that. It's kinda like Oh, that's true. You you beat a thing and you unlock new items that'll help you with the harder levels that are coming up.
2: And then if you fail the level, you don't necessarily discard anything everything right. from that level. Yep. You so you'll so, play the
0: same level with new knowledge and mm-hmm. items. Yeah. Good. Uh, important in a game that's not against another human. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah, that's right. It's especially important in solo games. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, with that, I think uh, that would wrap up our, our episode here in our series on tactical combat games. Uh, yeah. We're, thanks for listening. If you've been with us this whole time, and looking forward to the future. <laughs> the future.
2: Yeah.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to The Tabletop Takeaway. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So please tell your friends and visit our website at thetabletoptakeaway.com where you can suggest games and mechanics for us to cover next on the show.